Engaging conversation on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, friends, welcome again to our program. I'm pro-life leader Frank Pavone, and I direct Priests for Life, one of the world's largest pro-life organizations. And we are glad to be with you today to continue talking about pro-life as a spirituality, defending the unborn, as an aspect of following Christ. And to help us in this discussion is someone who's very much familiar with this spirituality, one of our pastoral associates, Father David Begany, a Josephite priest ministering in Texas. Father, welcome Oh, good to be again with you, Father. Thank you. Good to have you here at our headquarters. Yeah, yeah. It's always good to be uh, in the great state of Florida, as they say. Yes, that's right. And with a great team. Aren't we have a great team at Priest for Life? Oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And you're still growing. Yeah. We are. Sometimes we have them on this program, too. We interview some members of our staff. It's really nice. It's really good. Uh, I hope uh, all of you viewing have have seen some of those interviews. Uh, But today we want to build on our previous program, so we're going to invite you to go back and watch that if you didn't see it. But we started talking about the missionaries of the gospel of life. Now this is our training program for Christians who are pro-life and uh, understand their work to defend the unborn as an aspect of following Christ. So we're going to talk about some of the virtues and some of the characteristics of that spirituality here today. It's a a training program that you can take at Missionaries of the Gospel of Life, and then uh, along with the self-study that the website provides, Father David and I and our team are ready to guide you uh, through to living that commitment. Let's pray as we begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, Lord Jesus Christ, you took on flesh, you became human, and you showed us, therefore, the love you have for humanity. Enable us in following you to show that same love for humanity, to give priority to those who need protection the most, to give louder voice to those who have no voice, to give special emphasis to protecting our youngest and smallest brothers and sisters, those still in the womb. Uh, Help us, Lord, to, to live out uh, the great commandment that you taught us to love God above all by, de- by declaring that He alone is Lord over these children and to love our neighbor as ourselves by loving our unborn neighbor and recognizing them as persons like ourselves. Give us the spirituality of pro-life, we pray to you, Lord Jesus, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So, Father David, um, let's get right into this. On missionariesofthegospeloflife.org, people will see the different um, dimensions, if you will, of our pro-life spirituality. It's biblical, it's prophetic, it's liturgical, it's Eucharistic, it's ecumenical, and it's Marian. Uh, Let's start with, with, uh, with biblical. Tell us, uh, I mean, we're rooted, obviously, in the Word of Life. Exactly. Uh, the Word of Life is what we find in the sacred scripture, and the Word of Life gives us uh, spiritual nourishment. The Word of Life tells us about, uh, about God, about our Lord, about uh, what God asks of us as human beings, and especially in our relationship with one another. And uh, throughout the, you know, throughout the uh, scripture, uh, you know, we hear about God's call to uh, treat God as holy, but then also to treat every other person with 
the dignity and respect they deserve because they are created in the image and likeness of God. The image and likeness of God, and we read uh, in Scripture about justice, God intervening to save the weak. He's constantly yes. exhorting His people, you know, take care of the weak among you yes, and the right, poor right, and the, right. the, the uh, disadvantaged. And uh, wow, it, it's so clear. I mean, the life is on yeah. every page of the Scripture. So right. we, we draw our spirituality. You know, John Paul II, in our last program, we talked about his encyclical, The Gospel of Life. And you pointed out, I mean, that encyclical itself is based on four uh key biblical passages, it's all rooted in Scripture, exactly. uh, passages that affirm the dignity of life and, right. the, and the duty to protect it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. You know, the, you know, I think we had talked, uh, the ho late Holy Father was greatly loved because of his, uh, you know, profound use of Scripture and knowledge of Scripture and integrating it uh, into the teachings of our faith. And, right, And, right. you know, Catholic, non-Catholics really admired and loved him for that. Oh, and, yeah. And, and Certainly he did an excellent job there as well. Our spirituality is also prophetic. Now, this is something that, uh, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, I point out here, a prophet does not simply tell the future. A prophet tells the mm -hmm. present. Right. Hear the word of the Lord, O people. You know, this is right. what God wants you to do right now. Right. This is what God right. wants you to repent of right now. Right. And being prophetic, I mean, that, uh, you know, takes a certain mindset, doesn't it? I mean, you, gotta, you can't just go along with the flow. Right, right. <laughs> Certainly, um, you know, especially nowadays, you know, uh, those who work in the pro-life uh, vineyards, so to speak, are, are indeed are prophetic, and and some of them are, you know, even being challenged uh, by, um, you know, different types of forces that really call out that, uh, you know, challenging what they do, but they um, and 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 so in their witness, they are really being prophetic to the greater culture. Um, you know, not only to the average person, but then also to those in power who, who maybe want to, re, uh, uh, you know, suppress their ability to speak. But right. Right. Yes. Exactly. Liturgical. Uh, as a priest, you know, I mean, liturgy, I always used to say to us in the yes. seminary, liturgy is your life. You know, I mean, you're, that's, we, 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 well, that, that's, a, that's a great way to, yeah, to look at true, it. It's true, right? Yeah, but yeah. How, how do we, I mean, we incorporate the pro-life spirituality liturgically. We show how the liturgy actually speaks to us about the sanctity of life. Right, right. And so we, we have that, first of all, you could say in Scripture, uh, you know, the first part of Mass, we the liturgy of the Word, where we hear, uh, you know, God's call to protect human life within Scripture and to promote it. And then, of course, uh, especially in the liturgy of the Eucharist, where mm -hmm. we, uh, where God uh, becomes present, uh, uh, you know, under the forms of bread and wine. And uh, we uh, certainly recall uh, what our Lord did for us and how he uh, came to, you know, save us through his life and his death and his resurrection. And then we are then to carry that message uh, forward in um, advocating for those who are vulnerable, especially right. unborn children. You know, the different liturgical seasons bring out the pro-life message, you know, Advent, for example, waiting for the birth of a child, right. Easter. The victory of life over right, death, you know, right. and we're, so we help people with prayer campaigns and liturgical um, uh, homily hints, for example, mm -hmm. for the for the not just for the priests but for those in the pews listening to these readings, right, right. listening to these themes of special liturgical days. Like I always like to preach on, you know, the ascension. Here's our humanity, our humanity being taken to the heights of heaven. Right. Well, it's the same humanity that's thrown in the garbage by abortion. Right. Right, it's exactly. like, you know, so the liturgy calls us to be pro-life. You started talking about it already. Okay. Eucharistic. Right, right, This right. is at the core, isn't it? Right, 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 right. So, um, 
in, in so many ways, right? Uh, we have our, our, our Lord has becomes present uh, in, uh, you could say, under the form of bread and wine, so something that, uh, you know, nourishes us spiritually and, and you could say, you know, physically. So our Lord becomes uh, present and, um, uh, and so we are called then to uh, make him present to the world and to and really make him present uh, to our unborn brothers and sisters right when we're outside praying at an abortion facility you know to so that they may know uh, you know even though they're in the womb that they they can hear us and that we are spiritually united with them right and right. we're advocating for them even though their mothers and fathers maybe have chosen to abort them or maybe they're just full of so much doubt and so we're there to advocate for uh, for the unborn mm -hmm. and um, and certainly uh, the Eucharist is a great source of strength, whether we're receiving the body of the Lord in communion, whether we're adoring Him uh, in, in adoration of the Eucharistic, uh, uh, our Lord in the Eucharist, or, or whether we're um, just taking the fruits of that into, into our daily lives. And we've always emphasized how the words, this is my body. Oh, yes. Yeah, how can are, I forget that? Had to explain to us the, how that shows the spiritual struggles. Yeah, right, right, right. And and you know, I, I, I think you had the inspiration to say that, you know, um, on, on, you know, in in the Eucharist we say through the prayers of consecration, you know, the bread. This is my body given up for you. And in abortion, unfortunately, um, it is the you know the mother and father who who say, well, this is. Uh, this is the woman's body, mm. and she has a right to uh, take the life of the child growing within her. And so, you know, it's, it, unfortunately, it's a, it's a distortion, and, and um, uh, you know, definitely, uh, you know, through some type of spiritual attack, uh, that they take the body of a child that they really should honor and love and, and, and really want to foster and promote. Yeah, exactly. Ecumenical or interdenominational, yes. uh, life is the pro-life cause brings together the whole body of Christ, doesn't it? Exactly right. So the heart of the gospel, as we said before, was the gospel of life, that the Lord uh, you know, came to show us the dignity of our own human lives, to heal us of our brokenness and woundedness, and to show us the way to the Father. And so that's the heart of the gospel message. So whether you are whatever denomination you are, mm. Baptist, Presbyterian, Lutheran, that heart of that message is the same, and so that's why we are united uh, in, in these, this basic understanding uh, and implication of the gospel to uh, advance the dignity of the human person, especially the unborn child, to then pr uh, you know, and promote that dignity of their mothers and fathers, and then, as, you know, and then to, to lead, lead the, uh, all then uh, to God and our Lord Jesus Christ. And so uh, we do that with our brothers and sisters who, you know, that we're united with uh, in our Christian faith, whether they're Catholic or non-Catholic, because we share these common values. Mm, it's so great. And I, I also head up the National Pro-Life Religious yes. Council as well as right. Preach for Life, uh, bringing together these uh, Lutherans for yes, Life, the Presbyterians yes, yes. Pro-Life, the Anglicans for Life, the, uh, so many beautiful groups. Um, so, and finally, we, we love the Mother of God. I mean, Mary is, just as we were discussing in the last mm -hmm. program, how Joseph is an example for fathers. Mary mm -hmm. is an example for mothers, isn't she, when they have yeah. an unexpected pregnancy? Yeah, you, as you <laughs> said so well, you know, the key virtue here is trust. And even though Mary did not fully understand, you know, what God's plans were for her, she assented to him in trust and in faith. Trust, yeah. And then, of course, the, the Word of God, our Lord, uh, received his body at that moment and then um, 
And she was his mother. And she was his mother. And, yeah. you know, from that moment on, and so like you said, uh, all mothers are called really to trust in God, especially in those moments, you know, of unexpected pregnancy. Yeah. And to know that not only is God with them, we're with them. Exactly. We're with exactly, them. Yes. Well, friends, we're talking with Father David Begany of Priests for Life. We're talking about the, the, the characteristics of a pro-life spirituality. We want you to look at pro-life not just as a cause or a fight or a political position or a philosophy. It is all those things. But it is an aspect of following Jesus Christ. And, and you can find out more about it at missionariesofthegospelaflife.org. We invite you to take that online training, and we invite you to make that commitment to live out this dimension of pro-life. Now, Father, we want to talk about some of the virtues mm -hmm. that, 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 and by the way, we draw this spirituality from John Paul II, but also from two other people whom I was privileged to know, yes. uh, Mother Teresa, St. Teresa of Calcutta, right. uh, and um, Cardinal John O'Connor, yes. uh, who, right. who, who, who right. founded the Sisters of Life, right. who also saw pro-life, obviously, as a spirituality. He ordained me and uh, allowed me to, uh, to do this work full-time. So we draw from all these people and from their teachings, these virtues, and I want to just list them and we can have a discussion about them. A spirit of joy, mm -hmm. actually is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, as you know, a serene confidence, a deep compassion, a radical solidarity, a strong courage, a constant readiness for public witness, and a passion for justice. Uh, you know, a person who advocates for the unborn needs to radiate all these virtues. Um, let's talk about this. Spirit of joy. Right. Pro-life people are joyful people, even right. though they're confronting such a terrible evil. Exactly. I think you explained it so well that it's, um, you called it a joyful sorrow. So even yeah. though, uh, even though, you know, we mourn at, at the, uh, what can and what does happen to the unborn, we uh, have hope because we recognize that our Lord has conquered everything, even death. Yes, and our Lord can even then bring uh, mothers and fathers who've participated in, in abortion, you know, healing, uh, wholeness, restoration, and return to them joy as well. So this yeah. this and then in turn gives us joy. Who yes advocate uh, especially on behalf of the unborn child. It, it, it's a joy. I never lose my joy in doing this work. Yes. I, I have a much joy as, as on the very first day that I felt the call to be yes. to do to, to pro life. And 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 uh, you see it in the marches. I mean the marches are oh, like yes. they're not somber. You no, know, they're, yeah. they're 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 celebrations. Yeah, yeah, I, I described it as, a, as a, you know, almost like a great uh, pep rally. You know, yeah. It's, it's uh, you know, people aren't fighting. They're, you know, treating one another with respect. So anyone who ever attends a March for Life will really have a pleasant surprise. It's not a, like you said, it's not a time where we're really sorrowful and somber, although certainly nope. we... we we mourn, but right. but it's it's a recognition that God indeed has conquered uh, uh, even evil, and mm. indeed He will bring this to an end uh, ultimately one day. You know, even in the hearts and, and minds of men and women at one day. But indeed, that's a joyful occasion. Yeah, and you don't you don't sense uh, depression, and nor do you sense anger or hatred. Exactly, it, it, yeah. that's not the feel. No, the feel no. is joy, mm. and that's rooted in the second virtue here: is serene confidence. Right, right, uh, because. Christ is the is the victor already right, right, already right, right right exactly right so even though you know certain evils continue in the world our Lord has you know defeated them and then He has given us the means you could say to defeat them as well uh, through our you know through our being united with Him as members of the body of Christ and so um, we we always work with that as you said with that confidence that indeed He has you know He has conquered sin and death 
Uh, he will lead men and women who are desired, who want to repent to repentance and back to the fullness of life. So really, uh, all of, uh, all of the, uh, you could say, the power really uh, is on our side, so to speak. It is. And that, yes, and that indeed one day, uh, indeed all men and women will finally recognize uh, the dignity that God has called them to and to, to the unborn. You know, uh, this is a real battle over abortion, but it's actually not a level playing field. It's not a level play for Christ is risen already. Yes, we, exactly. We're not just working for victory. We're working from victory, as right. I always say. Yes, you know, yes. It's a so serene confidence. Don't, don't people come up to you sometimes and say, Father, you really think we can overcome abortion? Can we really end abortion? Right. Can we really counteract Planned Parenthood and whatnot? And it's like we're saying, hey, we're standing in front of you. We're not scratching our heads saying, can we do it? We're standing up and proclaiming it has been done in Christ. And now we're just applying the victory. That's, right. That it's, right. Yeah, right? We've got to have right. that kind of confidence. Yeah, right. And, and that's why, like, you know, if people will see pro-lifers, well, why are you coming here every day to Every pray? day, yeah. It's because you have, you know, a great confidence. You have a great trust in God that yes. He is going to bring something about at that particular day. He yeah. will lead someone to conversion. Maybe someone in the abortion facility will stop stop doing what they're doing. So yeah. God is there to execute, you know, to execute His power. We ask Him to, to you know, bring that power into the place we're at. And... Um, and as you said, this is a great source of our confidence. Now, talk to us about compassion, because some people say, oh, you're just judgmental, or you don't understand, or you don't know our problems, yeah. or you don't care about that. But we are, this is, the, to be pro-life is to be deeply compassionate. Yeah, you, you know, I, I would suppose someone from the outside who's not involved with the pro-life movement would say that, oh, you are being judgmental, you know. Uh, you are, you know, you're a, you're a hater, you know, as they would say today. And... But the opposite is true. You know, once we realize that God has redeemed all of us, all of us, including those who are, are, are praying for the unborn, then uh, we realize that then they, he can even, uh, you know, exercise his compassion for the men and women and the unborn children who are coming to the abortion clinic. Right. In other words, we do not condemn anyone. That's right. But we, we certainly condemn what they're tempted to do because it comes from the evil one. We are there to pray in compassion for them uh, and of course for their unborn children asking God's mercy asking them to open their hearts to receive that mercy and to turn away you know from the temptation that they're uh, they're you know that's approaching them you know that to, to, to kill their unborn child so we are very compassionate in fact after men and women unfortunately have abortions we are there to pick up the pieces it is not the abortionists it is not Planned Parenthood it is not those who advocates, quote-unquote, pro-choice. It is we, the pro-lifers, who are there to say, look, you made a terrible mistake, acknowledge it, ask God for forgiveness, and then somehow come to, uh, you know, a, a right relationship with that child you, you have killed. And, and we're there to offer that compassion, now that right. hope that God wants for them. That's right. We operate Rachel's Vineyard. Yes, we exactly. Silent No More. I mean, these are the leading abortion healing ministries right. in the world and, right. and so we show that compassion it's connected with that very much connected with that something john paul ii talked yes. about was radical solidarity it's mm -hmm. solidarity with the baby obviously mm -hmm. radical solidarity with the mother solidarity i mean that's at the core of this movement too isn't it we're standing with the people we're trying to defend. yeah solidarity is a practical application of love of neighbor right so we think 
one of the most striking examples, of course, is to sample the Good Samaritan, right? Mm -hmm. A Samaritan was an enemy of the, the man on his uh, way to uh, of his Jericho, uh, who was presumably a Jewish person, and he was attacked by robbers left near death. And who stopped to see him? Well, it wasn't uh, the rabbi, <laughs> it was the Samaritan, the yeah. one who who th supposedly people thought was his enemy. He came to his aid because he recognized that he was created in the image and likeness of God. And so in his solidarity and recognition of his, his, uh, uh, his vulnerability, he came to his aid. And so, uh, you know, we too then are, are called to that solidarity, as you said. We recognize the plight that the unborn child is in, how vulnerable they are. And so we're there to express our unity with them, our love for them, and at the same time that love for their mothers and fathers as well. And we want them to know that we recognize their, you know, their, their vulnerability, their anxiety, their worry, their fear, because we've gone through that, but we recognize that there always is hope. In God. You know, this, this compassion and solidarity even extend to the abortionists because we recognize they are not the enemy. They are captive to the enemy. Right. There are brothers and sisters. We want to set them free. Exactly. We want to set them free. Right. Uh, and we don't want to punish those who have had abortions. Right. We want to liberate them. Exactly. We want to free them. So all this takes courage. That's another key virtue of the missionaries of the right. gospel of life. Right, right, right. Right, yeah, exactly, courage. So where courage is, uh, again, that's the gift, one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, right? This, so, you know, we receive seven gifts of the Spirit. Uh, and one of them is courage. Sometimes we call it fortitude. Fortitude. And mm -hmm. Yeah, and so the courage is to recognize that there is something that is good that needs to be achieved. In this case, of course, the good is uh, primarily the rescuing of the, the life of the unborn child, but it can be also other things. You know, the, the restoration of the dignity of human life in our community, uh, the courage to help mothers and fathers who are asking for courage mm -hmm. and, or asking for our help. Uh, when it's difficult. And so, uh, you know, as we said, this is a gift of the Holy Spirit, but it's also part of our, 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 our charism, you could say, as pro-life uh, yeah. persons. You know, uh, training someone for, to be pro-life means alerting them to how fierce the enemy is going to be. Mm. I mean, you're going to be hated. You're going to be yelled at and mocked and spat upon. I was spat upon one day leading the rosary up in the state of Washington. This mm. guy just comes up spits right in my face. Mm. It had never happened to me before. We've got to be courageous in the face of the enemy, which is the, I mean, the pro-abortion movement. They've set themselves up against us. They hate the church. They hate the faith. They hate the Bible. Uh, they hate the unborn. And we have to be courageous also to speak truth to power, right? I mean, there yes. are powerful people in our society, right, right. whether in uh, academia or, or, or politics or media or even in, the, in certain churches. It's like we've got to be courageous enough to realize that even though they could do certain things against us, right, right. we have got to speak the truth to them, even if right. it's going to make them uncomfortable. So courage, uh, to connected with that, a readiness for public witness. Now, I always explain this as, listen, we all have to be humble. But humility means, Lord, put me wherever you want me to be. If that means in some kind of secret place where nobody sees me, okay, I'll serve. I can serve you there, I'll serve you there. But if that means, Lord, that you're going to put me in the spotlight, well, then I, with, I have just as much willingness to be there. Uh, because that's humility. It's not pride. Oh, I want, I want the spotlight. I want the spotlight. It's about service. Right. So where can we best serve the cause? So a readiness. In other words, Lord, you want to put me out in front of people. Right. How many times in the pro-life movement have, it's local, maybe it's a local leader of a group right. said, I never thought I would be, you know. 
I have, I have a fear of public speaking. Right, right, right. <laughs> I, I, never thought, I, I never thought of myself as a leader, and yet God showed me that this was what He wanted me to do at that moment. Right, exactly. And, and as we said, you know, God will supply you with what you need at that moment, right? Yes. We say in Scripture that, uh, you know, when we don't know what to say, the, the Spirit will assist us in, in, in speaking. And so, yes, we, we have to be ready to do that. And, the, you know, we remember the Scripture. The Lord said, you know, uh, there will be times when you will have to, uh, you know, uh, you know, announce uh, your your love and support for me in, in the public arena. And like you said, we don't do it because we're, we're there and we want to be in the spotlight, we want to be on television. We do because uh, we're either asked to do it, it's a need, or, or maybe God is calling to us, or we're just uh, are, are thrust in that spotlight. And we just, uh, at those moments, we just respond, you know, you respond. in humility and, and, and trust in God. Lord. What do you want me to do? Right. And finally, a passion for justice. Right. Talk to us about that. I mean, sure, sure. So in the Old Testament, you know, one of the themes of the prophets was a call for the people of God to justice, yes. especially, you know, for the, uh, the alien, uh, you know, for the person coming into the land, maybe for widows, for orphans, uh, to treat them justly, not to cheat them. And so uh, we have a passion for justice. We want the unborn uh, child to receive what God has given them, the gift of life. We want them to have that fullness. And so we advocate for them because this is what they deserve before God. And then, of course, we um, you know, want to promote that with their mothers and fathers to help them to realize, well, you know, uh, you, know you are called uh, to promote justice by, you know, by recognizing this gift you have been given by God and to do what you can to bring it into existence. And then and then in what other areas we need to do that, whether it's the legal arena, the political arena, the medical arena, you know, to really to advocate uh, for this virtue of justice. God is just to us. God intervenes to save us when we are helpless. God responds when we say, Lord, have mercy. Yes. And so the people who are saved must save. The people to whom God has intervened with justice must do justice. Right. And uh, that's where we can conclude these reflections. Um, Friends, it's a passion. Being pro-life, living pro-life as a spirituality, this is not just a concept. This is not just some kind of dry academic thing. This is not just, not just, this is not a wimpy thing. We want you to be filled with passion, and so many of you, of course, already are. That's why you're watching here today. But go to missionariesofthegospeloflife.org to go through the points that we have just review, reviewed with you. The nature of this spirituality, the virtues that are needed, take the online training, and then be in touch with us, and our team will get back to you and help you to walk through this spirituality and connect you with others who are doing so as well. It's a great movement, Father David. Great, great to have you as part of it. And uh, would you uh, conclude us sure, in prayer? Sure, sure, sure. Well, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for uh, the men and women and, and the young who have dedicated themselves to the pro-life movement. We ask that um, you strengthen in them all of the gifts that they need, that you give them those gifts, strengthen them, nurture them within them, and that you help them to grow in the virtues uh, of uh, our pro-life mission so that they indeed may uh, encourage uh, women and men to accept the gift of life. Uh, they may continue to be... Uh, united with their young unborn brothers and sisters to know that they are not alone, that someone is united in praying for them, and that you may extend all of your graces and blessings to them and to all others who work in this great vineyard of life, we ask in Jesus' name. 
Amen. 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 Thanks, Father, for being good, with good us. Good to be with you, Father Thanks Frank. for all your work with us as a pastoral sure, associate. Sure. And thank you, friends, for your support of this ministry. You know, we rely only on the support of people like you. So would you go to ProLifeGift.org and consider supporting us today so that Father Dave, so that I, so that our other priests, Father Dennis and, and uh, 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 Father Terry Gensimer, who's another pastoral director, interdenominational uh, pastoral associate, and so many others on our team, Alvita King and whatnot, Janet Morana, Brian Kemper. We need to be able to do our work with your help. ProLifeGift.org, consider making a donation today. Thanks for watching, and we will talk to you soon. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.